oh, 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 Merry Christmas. Just kidding. We didn't have a budget for Santa. You know, he's uh, very expensive these days. So I had to just do an impersonation. But welcome to the 118th episode of the Dynasty Monarchy podcast. We have a great one for you today. We go through reports from around the realm. We have a weekend recap and crystal ball. We go into a great discourse about a guy who is lighting up the fantasy space right now in Rasheed Rice. So many uh, opinions. We get our opinions out there uh, about him, his value right now, and where it's going to be this offseason. We couldn't do any of this without all of your support. And a great way to show that support is to follow us on Twitter at Dynasty Monarchy over there. Super producer Nixie does a great job of keeping everyone up to date, polls, surveys, uh, and news, memes, everything over there on Twitter at Dynasty Monarchy, D-Y-N-A-S-T-Y-M-O-N-A-R-C-H-Y. We wish you all a Merry Christmas and hope you enjoy this Christmas episode of the podcast. Let's go. Why, hello there, my fellow kings and queens. Welcome to the Dynasty Monarchy podcast, where you will learn how to rule over your Dynasty League for years to come. Now, allow me to introduce you to your hosts. Here we go. Episode number 118 of the Dynasty Monarchy podcast. Whoever you may be, however you may be listening, Apple Podcasts, Spotify. Welcome, welcome in. Back another week of the show. Jingle, jingle, all the way. Christmas. Who would have thunk it? Our last episode before Big Red comes sliding down your chimney. We got the guys back again. Max and Super Producer up in the land. I am in the dirtiest of New Jersey. Gentlemen, how are we doing? Hey, I'm doing quite well, man. This is the week. um, One week till I see you in person. This is true. One week week until we trade, which will be great. Um, and then this weekend, I mean, it's Christmas, it's Christmas Eve, it's Christmas Adam. And then it's also one of my favorite holidays of the year. Um, besides Christmas is watching Peter get exposed in most, uh, playoffs if he ever makes it. So it's a great holiday. I hope everyone tunes in. It will probably happen again for another year. Max, that's why I lose in the playoffs all the time. That's your only wish to Santa. And, you know, that's why you don't get any gifts on Christmas day. You just get constant year long gifts of being able to make fun of me. A good one, Pete. I mean, I, I was dogging on you and our Mike V, our most important league. We talk about it a lot, but I mean, five years probably. I mean, it's been four because you're not going to win this year. Four years of no championship. Like, I just, if I cared about a league that much, I just don't think I would be doing that. But you're content with rebuilding and it'll probably be another 10, 20 years till you get a ring. So, 10, 20 years. Super producer, how are you doing? Doing good, man. I'm locked in for this episode like you guys said trying to get ready for the uh christmas holiday all that good stuff hanging out with family um max like you said we're about to be linking up with pj next week so that i mean it's crazy bro i i was just saying uh to a few people i just can't believe it's the end of the year already i mean we're I staring down the semifinals of fantasy football playoffs all these things christmas new years it's like, dang, dude, like you like we've said many times during these podcast episodes, man, it's like you take it for granted while the season's going and you'll blink and then. All right, dude, it's it's already over a million percent, man. I think in Cleveland this upcoming week, it's going to be like 75 percent of the Mike Vrabel league is going to show up. 
think that's that's what we're at. So eight out of twelve guys gonna be there. And it's and pretty electric. Three of them have championships. Peter, you're contributing to the other part that does not have a championship. You know what, Max? We all can't win every game. All we can do is put our players in the best position to succeed. And if they don't, and Devontae Adams puts up like seven points in your fantasy playoff and Stefan Diggs puts up like five points and you lose by percentage points and then you would have lost anyway in the final because the record score, the highest points ever scored would have been scored against you and you just would have raged harder. You know, we all can look back and uh, and say we should have won things, should have won that. But, you know, at the end of the day, it's a crapshoot and all you can do is put your guys in the best position to succeed. It, it just brings it brings a smile on my face seeing you still remember those numbers. See, you still remember that uh, that agony. Um, you could say, I mean, not, I don't like when you're in pain, Peter, but it is fun to see you reminisce on times where you just couldn't get it done. I mean, when I won the championship, Pete, I started Ben Roethlisberger. So there's no excuses. Um, if I could start Ben Roethlisberger and Dynami Brown or whoever I started, you can win with Stefan Diggs and Devontae Adams, who are probably Hall of Famers. Diggs, borderline, Adams, definitely. But before we digress too far. Since this is our Christmas episode, I think for anyone listening out there that's looking for Island of Misfit players, players that are forgotten about because of injury, X, Y, Z, I think we're going to do that at the end of the year when trade dead, uh, when the trades open back up so we can talk about players to target this offseason for cheap. So just like Rudolph, Island of Misfit Toys, Island of Misfit Players, we'll, we'll take a look at. But this week, I wanted to have a little discussion. Everyone knows Christmas movies are a quintessential part of the holiday season. Asked the guys today before uh, the show if they could bring us their favorite Christmas movie and talk about it a little bit. Max, you start first. What's your favorite Christmas movie? I'm going to start, and mine's probably The Polar Express. It's a, it's a classic. It always brings me in. It puts me in a good mood. Uh, um, but I would say a close second for me is probably Elf. I think that's a just a great movie, and... Uh, I'm honestly, after this episode, going to watch a Christmas movie. I don't know what I'm going to watch, but hopefully you guys can give me some suggestions and maybe I'll follow up on that. All right, Mr. Max. Love the Polar Express. Everyone on the show, longtime listeners know that Polar Express, the train, holds a deep place in our hearts. Super producer, you tell me, what's your favorite Christmas movie? I think my favorite one has to be Elf, like you said, Max. I don't know. I just like the comedy aspect of it. Will Ferrell is great. He's such a great actor, and I do say it as well because this past weekend there was a really good UFC card, and I felt like Buddy the Elf when he was in the elevator pressing all the buttons. It felt like me pressing every bet on UFC, (laughs) and I just rage bet and lost all my money in my DraftKings and FanDuel, so now I'm going to take a break. But that that part of the movie, that definitely reminded me of this weekend. Mr. C., I want to just remind you before you take a break in gambling that you're just one bet away, man. So keep going. You ever see that meme where the, the guy's just digging and digging and then he stops and the diamond's right it. there. Don't you're listen right to the devil on your seat. shoulders. I'm you're the right angel there, 1-800 man. gambler. You're right there next week when we're at the Browns Jets game and we craft up a same game parlay and we throw $100 on it because we're degenerates. It's going to be electric, Mr. C. And I'm really looking forward to doing that with you. So get your bankroll up. And I can't wait to see you next week. And Joku, anytime touchdown. Brees Hall, yeah. anytime touchdown. Okay. Browns defense, anytime touchdown. Wow. And we throw 100 to win like $2,000 and we're more. 
we're going to the Jack Casino then. Like, it's great. And then listeners, we'll, we'll give it to you next week when we record. Um, it's going to be great. Mr. C is going to be betting probably maybe $200 by that time. So, um, Personally, myself, I love – I used to love Rudolph most. I think it was my number one for a while. Uh, and then the older I get, the more I love A Wonderful Life, if you've ever seen it. I just got to see it in theaters with my family. Uh, absolutely phenomenal experience. Great movie. It's all about what Christmas is about. Uh, everyone always talks about some of these movies like Die Hard not being a Christmas movie, XYZ movie not being a Christmas movie. While It's a Wonderful Life doesn't revolve around Christmas, the Christmas theme is inside of it, uh, and it shows up right at the end as well. It's absolutely beautiful, beautiful, beautiful movie if you haven't seen. Black and White, I know Max is not a fan, but it's a phenomenal movie. We, we watched it together, Pete. My first time seeing it was with you. You made me watch it last year around this time. And it was phenomenal, wasn't it? Good movie. I will agree. I will agree. All right. Let's get into the episode. Before we do, wanted to give a special shout out to our Twitter account at Dynasty Monarchy over there on Twitter. Follow us. Super producer, always posting polls, reactions, and news over there on the Twitter sphere for all of you guys that are still listening to the show at Dynasty Monarchy, D-Y-N-A-S-T-Y-M-O-N-A-R-C-H-Y. Let's get into reports. First and foremost, Jamar Chase is out with a shoulder injury. He is not currently ruled out for week 16, but trending towards the wrong direction, uh, in my opinion. T. Higgins, I feel like, is a must-start if Chase is not out there. If Chase is out there, what do you think? Are you going to be able to start him? Browning's played really well. I think T. Higgins had four catches, two of them for touchdowns last year, last week. I just don't trust T. Higgins. Um, so I probably would stay away. But it's, again, it's the semifinals. You probably don't have much better on your bench, so you probably play him. Yeah, I'm definitely playing Higgins either way. Because I look at it as like Jamar Chase. I mean, he exited the game with that shoulder injury. So even if he is going to be playing, he's not going to be at 100%. Who knows, man? I mean, he could it's their season is lost anyway. So there's really no incentive for them to put Chase out there, I feel like. And I feel like it's more of a question of Tyler Boyd and whether or not. I mean, we may end up having to start him uh, in a co-managed league, you know, in the semifinals here. So it'll be interesting to see. I think Higgins is a lock either way. Boyd is the one where obviously if Chase doesn't play, you'll feel more confident in him. But if Chase plays. Uh, he's probably a wide receiver three, maybe mid wide receiver three. I have a, I have a question for the Monarchs, if you will. Oh, so Mason, did you just butt into the middle of our episode? I mean, I guess I did. Um, Kramer, I, I guess I'm down bad right now. I need the Monarchs' opinion on waiver wire running backs because uh, for for the listeners, Pacheco question mark, Alexander Madison question mark. I have Rashad White, who's been great. Keaton Mitchell just uh, got his leg chopped in half. And that's my running backs. And I'm in the semifinals against Mr. Kalikovo. So I picked up Donta Foreman. A guy I actually really love. And I'm not just saying this. Mason, the guy is available. I think I sent a picture to Nick C about it. Boston Scott. We'll score a touchdown this week. If Mason you need, sent that in chat too. If you need a running back, 
and you need a touchdown. Nick Sirianni is a clown, and he will try to do the big meme and get Boston Scott in the end zone. I mean, hopefully Pacheco plays. I think things are trending in the right direction for him to play, but um, I mean, I don't think I can start Madison coming off an injury, especially with how good Ty Chandler looked last week. And um, I mean, that's those are my two options. So, an embarrassment of riches from you, Mason. I know. And I shouldn't even be saying this just because we are playing against each other, but for the sake of the podcast, I have to say it. There is another guy as well that if you really, really down bad, let's say they rule Pacheco out tomorrow or something, Trey Sermon, the good old, what was he in our draft? The good old 110 from 2021. He did lead the Colts in rushing this past week. He had 17 carries for 88 yards, only on 43% of the snaps, but I I don't know. I mean, if Taylor ends up missing again, I don't know. There's there's worse shots out there, you know. Definitely. I mean, I saw something about Trey Sermon on TikTok actually from a couple of the fantasy football people I follow. They say he's not worth a start this week just because um Zach Moss could play, Jonathan Taylor could play. I mean, if both of those guys are even 50% splitting carries with each other, Trey Sermon's gonna get no work. I think I'd rather bank on a Donta Foreman touchdown for the Bears, honestly. For sure. But Mr. C, I, I think that's great advice. I, I do. I think it was nice of you to do. It's tough on waiver wire, especially in dynasty leagues, looking around this time. I mean, oh, there yeah. is absolutely nobody out there. So, yeah, I mean, Boston Scott, Trey Sermon. <laughs> I don't I even Scott, know who else. Are. I think Scott's the answer. He's He's borderline guaranteed to get in the end zone. Mason, before you go, wanted to know your favorite Christmas movie, and it can't be Elf, because we've had two people say Elf already. I'm going to say Home Alone 2. Home Alone 2? Of course. In New York? The D-Man was there. I think Home Alone 2 is a great movie. Um, If I'm not going Home Alone 2, I think very underrated. I think people of our generation often forget about this film. Peter, I think you'll appreciate this. It's a Wonderful Life is a great movie. Um, I, I don't know why Max is laughing. I'm not saying that just to, to, to mess around. I think it's a good movie with a good story and not really like a Christmas movie, if you will, but good message. Mason, you read my mind. I, I literally just said that a couple minutes ago. Cheers. Cheers. All right. Thank you for stopping by, Kramer. We'll probably see you some point next week. All right, Desmond Ritter benched for the second time this season in favor of Taylor Heineke. Looks like his career in Atlanta is done. Most likely his career of being a starter somewhere is done. He's had his opportunity. What are you doing uh, for Drake London? Wink, wink. I have Drake London and a very big start set decision. Drake London, Kyle Pitts, XYZ with Heineke. It's just, I don't know, man. The, the Falcons, they're still in the playoff race. I think that obviously these guys get a bump with Ritter not playing, but I, I still just don't feel comfortable starting them. It depends, obviously, who you have. I'm, I feel like if you're in the playoffs still, you probably have better options than Kyle Pitts and Drake London because they've been just terrible all year. But at the same time, London does didn't he did produce decent numbers with Heineke. So 
I feel like he's a borderline flex wide receiver three for me this week. Kyle Pitts is like a low end tight end too. Dude, this one just hurts my soul because I love Desmond Ritter so much. But I feel like London, you're probably going to have – I mean, you don't have to start them, right? I mean, it's surprising Indianapolis is the ninth-ranked matchup versus wide receiver. I don't know. This one could be shaky for London because he – I mean, Max said he put up decent numbers. He really didn't when Heineke was on board there. Uh, week eight, Heineke played, I mean, like 60% of the snaps. London had eight points. And then he London actually did not play in week nine when Heineke got his full start. And then Heineke again played like 60% of the snaps in week 10. London had five points. That's not inspiring. I was thinking it was going to be better uh, when I looked there at the box score. But, oh, man, this one's gross, PJ. I mean, especially in a high-stakes start-sit decision. I, oh, I don't it's know. it's gnarly. That's what it is. I don't know how you got to feel about London moving moving into this week because I don't know that you can have much confidence in him. Yeah, he has to be a flex play. Like if he's strapped in your wide receiver one, wide receiver two, you are not looking good. But if he's your flex, I can get it. All right, let's talk about our last talking point. A couple banged up running backs around the league. Who is your favorite cuff RB to start this week? We have guys like Zamir White potentially maybe for Josh Jacobs, that would take a long time. You don't know if Jacobs is going to play or not come Monday. You have guys like Zeke Elliott. You have guys like Ty Chandler. You have guys, believe it or not, in Cincinnati, even though Mixon is getting the work, you have other guys around the league. Who is your backup slash cuff running back that you are trying to start this week? Probably McKinnon. I feel like it just he threw for a touchdown. He got a touchdown last week. I don't know if Pacheco's out. I think McKinnon's the play. Over Clyde. Yeah. I would go with Chase Brown. That's probably my favorite, like, backup kind of running back. He's definitely not going to get more volume than probably McKinnon or Clyde, obviously, if um, Pacheco ends up missing. But against the Steelers, I don't know. I could see them scheming up some type of big play with uh, Chase Brown there. I don't know if you don't have any better options, you know, you need a little home run play. All right, let's get into weekend recap. All right, weekend recap. Super producer, you were the most prepared. Yours is already in the show, Doc. Give us your guy you want to talk about from this past weekend. All right, and I am back at it with another Browns player. I know I talked about Elijah Moore. I think that was an episode ago, maybe two episodes ago at this point. But I'm back again. David Njoku. I mean, this guy's just been a monster with Joe Flacco. He has the eighth most points in the past three weeks for all of tight ends and wide receivers combined, which is pretty nuts. Flacco has just made him look like a legit like top five, top six tight end. I just truly don't think this is sustainable whenever Watson finds his way back on the field. I really hope Njoku, I mean, like if you have him, you really just got to hope that he can sustain this, uh, you know, kind of upward trend for the rest of the season, maybe into a playoff game. I don't want to say that too loud, um, but I just think it's such a sell high if he can sustain like a decent amount of production, you know, going into the beginning of the off season, I, I would be trying to trade him for any type of tier up. So like, a few different ones, 
I'm, somehow maybe you could get Njoku in like an early second for McBride, maybe Njoku in two seconds for Laporta, maybe Njoku plus mystery box for Brock Bowers. I don't know what it is, but I'm I'm if I have him anywhere, I'm trying to make these types of trades right when the league season opens because his production with Deshaun Watson was pretty it was middling at best. Like they were not feeding him like they have been with Joe Flacco. And I just think he's a a, a sell high easily. He a hundred percent is a sell high, Mr. C. Angry runs can only go on for so long when Joe does not there. I mean, he'll still run angry, but he's just not going to get the feed that he needs. So I think that's a great sell high. I mean, if you could do any of those trades that you talked about, Mr. C, I think I'd be ecstatic with that, to be honest with you. Yeah, I love Njoku, but I don't like him that much. Like, he's good, and I think he's serviceable through periods, but you're right. They're not just going to move on from Watson this offseason. Even if Watson has a bad year next year, they won't move on from him. I think he has two more years at minimum in Cleveland. Um. So the way that I kind of look at it is get what you can now, get younger, get better. I do like the the Njoku for a second, uh, Njoku and a second for McBride. If you could do that, triple slam, triple slam the SHIT out of that. McBride is as real as they get. Um, David Njoku, awesome, awesome, awesome player, though. For the rest of the playoffs, I wouldn't bet against him to score a touchdown. All right, Mr. Max, let's hear your weekend recap. Yeah, Pete. I mean, I, I don't like doing this. I, I truly don't. I uh, and I, I it's just. I know you like to push your agenda on the podcast, Peter. Here, <laughs> I, I don't like to do that, especially for other people. But this guy, I don't know, man. I, I don't know how to feel. Um, but I, I'm really starting to come around on him, and I wanted to talk about just what we think his value is moving forward this off season, everything like that. It's actually one of Mister Deceased's players. His name is Rashi Rice. Um, past four games, he's had basically 10 targets. That's more than Christian Watson has in his uh, whole career. Um, but 20, 10, 14, 20 points. He has scored a touchdown in three of those games, but he's got the yards and the targets to back it up. So Kelsman hasn't looked himself. Rashi Rice has looked pretty good. Um, Vegas is a difficult-ish matchup this week. I get that um, it's at home, but I think – He's still probably worth a start this week, and I guess I wanted to see where you guys thought he's worth, I guess. Yeah, so this one is interesting. I was going to put him as my weekend recap player, but I pivoted just from the conversations we've been having about pushing the agendas and all that stuff. So I kind of backed off, and I'm glad you ended up bringing him up here. Rasheed's interesting, man. I really wasn't in on him in the pre-draft process, and I don't know, man. He's looked electric. I mean, he he looked electric in a small sample size, right? And like he was playing 50%, 60% snaps. Now they're kind of just letting him out there. I mean, he's getting like 80 plus percent snap share, which is big time. And I saw a stat too uh, on Twitter the other day. I think it's like since week 13, he has a higher yards per route run than Travis Kelsey. And then he's also has a higher target share than Travis Kelsey which is insane, man. I, I don't know if it's Kelsey declining or maybe these teams are just keying in on him so much that kind of leaves those other other routes kind of open there. From a dynasty perspective, he's tough because I, you know, he's going to get a bump up because he's that number one Kansas City pass catcher and they 
they really haven't shown that they're going to go out and spend big money on a, a receiver. So, I mean, maybe we'll see this off season, but if he ends up being the lone guy there again, and they just have a mismatch of guys like MBS and Tony, I don't even know what their contracts look like. I mean, the dude's got to be, he's got to be a top end asset. I feel like, but I, yeah, that might be me pushing a narrative. I do have him on a few different dynasty teams, but just in general, I feel like. I feel like if the situation stays the same where it is, they don't go out and get a guy, which I don't think they'll win at all this year. I think everyone's going to say, oh, Mahomes needs weapons, yada, yada, yada. And I think they'll go out and get somebody, whether that's T, Pittman, whoever it might be. Uh, but let's say it stays the same, right? Because that's what the situation is right now. I think fair value for Rashi Rice is probably like a first and a half. I, I don't think he's worth two first. I don't think he's worth two and a half. I think he, I think a first and a half is pretty fair. He's had four games. It's a good sample size, but eventually they're going to add another receiver. I get he has Mahomes and everything like that, but I just think that a first and a half is pretty fair at it. Would you guys agree? If there's no one there, then yeah. Correct. But like, I, I don't know. Like, I'd be comfortable paying a first right now, like 110 to 112, because – at the end of the day, those values on those picks are extremely overinflated. Those guys really don't hit at that rate. And to know that he can do it, Rishi Rice, uh, that is, I would probably pay the just a first. I can't do first and a half. No, Yeah, I, I think if nothing changes, I could pay a first and a half if I know I'm getting the same production next year from him. But if something changes and they add like another wide receiver in there, like let's say they add a Pittman, the T. Higgins, whoever it might be, right, which I can totally see them doing. And it'll end up being Juju and we'll all be sad, but. Yeah, and he'll probably be worth like an early second, in my opinion. But Mr. C, you're the owner. Like, what would you sell for? What would you, I guess, buy for? I was just looking at his numbers compared to Addison's. And I I think it's interesting that, I mean, dude, they have Kelsey there right now. It's not like there's nobody else there, right? And I mean, so far, since he's been in that 80 plus percent snap share, I mean, he's been popping off and like, I think he's worth more than a first and a second. Like I definitely wouldn't sell for a first and a second. Um, but like buying maybe in the off season, I could talk myself into two first, but I, he has to score like probably 20 plus points the rest of the way here. Um, because like, I'm looking at it like, okay, if Addison is worth, Two for is he worth like two first for you guys? Probably Addison. I think Addison's probably worth two. Yeah. Like I think so, him, Devonta Smith, Olave, I think T Higgins, not, I think T's worth less, but I think those kind of guys, like those guys to me are worth two first. I don't two think two to Rashi's two and a half in, range. I don't think Rashi's in that category. That's why I can't put him at two. Right. I guess I was only bringing up Addison just as that kind of comparable. They're in the same rookie class yeah. kind of thing kind of comparing them them as their values because pe- obviously people would probably have Addison ranked higher as of right now. But, I mean, if you look at the situation, why would you not have Rasheed ranked higher if there's no receivers there? He has the best quarterback probably in football. The Addison's problem is with quarterback, Rasheed, yeah. the problem with Rasheed is we've never seen him pop. We've never seen that full pop where he goes for like – 10 catches, 100 yards, and a touchdown. We've never seen that explosive game because the Chiefs' offense, while being still incredible, has been, like, enigmatic. So it's not 10 catches for 100 yards and a touchdown, but last week he went for 9 for 91 yards and a touchdown. 
my whole thing is like it's not like it doesn't jump off the screen like it doesn't like make you like go insane is that that's like the question as to why he isn't valued the way that he's valued also it, it does factor in his draft position his draft position oh. also is a factor so let me ask you guys this and i think it's a good topic here and it's going to be a start bench cut jordan addison rashi rice and tank Dell. i'd probably bench tank start addison and and cut rice call me crazy i guess start addison bench rashi cut tank Dell. i think i lean more with peter here i, I think i'd rather have tank than rashi it's going to be weird coming off that injury, so we'll see. But it, There's a lot that's going to change, and like I think I know Nick C. I, I've played fantasy football with Nick C for far too long. Um, he's got the best of me in a lot of trades. I'm not going to – I just can't buy into this hype right now with Rasheed. And I don't think you're pushing an agenda, Mr. C. But I do think when that offseason starts and that door opens up, I guarantee you're going to try to sell him because you know they don't want to get in the receiver. So I think he's a good sell right when the window opens, personally. Yeah, and so – that's where that's where I'm different on it. Like I wouldn't be trying to sell at the window if I have him like as the season opens. Um, but like if I could go out and buy for a first and a second, I would be buying all day long. If I could buy for a single first from PJ, if he has him in a league, I'm probably doing that just based off of it's just a, a stock play. Basically a Mahomes receiver. If he's the number one receiver, I mean, I'm not saying he's Tyreek Hill, right? But if he shows any type of pop towards this end end mm-hmm. run of the season, any of that, I mean, dude, he'll easily be worth two firsts in no time. He's a great guy. The second the, the season ends to trade for, because the Chiefs have been struggling a little bit, but you know they're going to make the playoffs. And they're probably going to make it past the first round. And for them to make it past the first round, Mahomes has to have a receiver to throw the ball to. So I, I think – the time to buy is directly after the season's over. But let's like say you buy season. for a first and a half, right? Let's say you buy for a first and a half, because I think that's fair value right now. I think two firsts, I don't think I'd buy for that. I don't think most would. Let's say you mm-hmm. buy for a first and a half, right? Let's say you buy for like 109 in a second. And then let's say they'd get T. Higgins in this offseason. I get it. It's a hypoth- hypothetical here. His value drops down to like two seconds, maybe like – I just couldn't take that big of a hit. I couldn't. Yeah, it's right. And that's in the range of outcomes, right? But just playing and I mean, if I have, I'm in 12 leagues, not all dynasty, probably 10 dynasty leagues. If I go out and trade for Rashi Rice in three of the leagues at a first value, a first and a half value, then I'm fine with that exposure. And then, okay, let's say it hits then he's worth two first and then I can cash out in maybe two of the leagues or something like that. But yeah. if it doesn't hit, then at the end of the day, I'm not kicking myself, but that's where it's different. Cause then like, I'm looking at it to try to play the percentages of, okay, what if they don't get a receiver, blah, blah, blah. But then I can play the percentages on the other side and kind of hedge it to where if they do, then I'm not dead in the water with like a hundred percent exposure kind of thing. But yeah, I don't know. I think, I think it's very interesting. And I think, I mean, we talk about we talk about T. Higgins there a lot. I think between T. Higgins, even Tank Dell, Rashi Rice, like these guys, when the window opens, Pittman, DJ Moore, like these guys are going to be people that we're going to talk about a lot. And there's going to be it's like the stock market. There's going to be times where it's like, yes, 
you can buy Michael Pittman right now, right? When, but then he can go in free agency to the Houston Texans or what? Not the Texans. The Texans would be good. But like the Titans or the whoever it is, the Commanders, right? And it's like you can take these risks or you could. It's just about windows. We talk about it all the time. But now I'm I'm going to talk about something. Uh, it's a little bit offbeat here. My weekend recap is defenses. For any teams out there that play in leagues with defenses and kickers, matchups have changed a lot. Quarterbacks have gotten injured. Offenses look anemic. I think we look at last week, the Raiders put up 29 points in our one league against the Chargers. Defenses are flying all over the place. A team that I want to talk about, and this is uh, more of an addition to your team, instead of talking about a player and value XYZ while we can't trade, I want to talk about this particular defense pickup play. The Bills, obviously, probably not on waivers. I've seen the Broncos defense on waivers. I saw them just get picked up earlier today. Uh, the Broncos are playing the New England Patriots and either Bailey Zappi or Mac Jones easily can put up 20 points and lift your team loved the pickup and it sucks that I'm playing against the guy that picked them up and I'm really sick to my stomach about it, but maybe I'm trying to do a jinx here, but love taking a look at your waiver wire, see what backup quarterback is playing and pick the defense against them. Even if you have a good defense on your roster. So I do have a kind of a question to pose off of this. How much of a factor are you playing in the matchups? Like in certain leagues, let's say our home league, Mike V I'm playing, I'm going to play the Packers, right? They play Carolina this week, but I have two elite you defenses like. on my team, right? I have Dallas Cowboys and then the 49ers. How much of a factor do you guys play those matchups in for the defense? Like if you have a, bottom tier defense, but they're playing a bottom tier offense. Are you going to start them over a defense that has been like super elite the whole time? I think you just have to go after backup quarterbacks and it doesn't matter how good your defense is. Like Joe Flacco is not a backup quarterback. That's not someone I'd look at. Like I look at Easton stick. I go look at Bailey Zappi and to a degree, Zach Wilson, you know, the jets who uh, the commies are the worst team in the league on defense. I would debate playing them this week because it's going to be Trevor Simeon versus them this week. It's going to be horrible. Uh, so it, I think you just have to hunt the matchup if you can find it, if it's on your waivers. If not, you have to start a stud defense. You can't just go mid-defense off waivers versus a hard matchup. You have to start your normal defense. Uh, like let's say it's Cowboys against Miami. I would still start the Cowboys defense if it's just mid-defense off waivers. And we, we talked about this before, and I, I mentioned it to you guys a little bit, but make sure you're looking ahead. Like right now, I would probably have to imagine that the Jaguars are on uh, on waivers. They play at home versus the Raiders next week in a must-win game. So start looking ahead because at the end of the day, like these defenses are the reasons you win championships. Like if the Buffalo Bills go out and have two touchdowns, Mason will probably beat Nick C this week. It's just the, how the cookie crumbles. Whereas like next week, like the Browns play the, the Jets at home in the rain. If you have oh, the Browns, yeah. if you have the Browns defense, like you'll probably have a really good Thursday night and be off to a great start. So there's obviously a lot of luck in fantasy, but there's also skill and you have to think ahead and look ahead. All right, let's get into crystal ball for the fantasy semifinals. 
All right, Mr. C, give us our recap. All right, so going over week 15 plays, Peter, your boom was uh, basically any Green Bay wide receiver. If Watson any Green Bay wide play, receiver won. Correct. So J- uh, Jaden Reed had 14.2 points, so that's a binger. Your bust was Trey McBride. Trey McBride's just him. He had five, 15.2 points. He is so that's, a, so that's a miss. But then Max had uh, Devonta Smith with 7.5 points as his boom, which missed. But then his bust was Kyle Pitts, which hit. He had 5.2 points. My boom, my mega lock, uber mega lock. Derrick Henry had three points. He's a bum. And then my bust. Everyone's super mega lock, not just yours. <laughs> Everyone in the fantasy <laughs> industry is super mega lock. And then my bus was DJ Moore, who had 7.2 points, which was good for a hit. We went 50% there. We did. Mr. Max, do you want to lead us off for Crystal Ball? Yes, I do, Pete. Yes, I do. And next, he's not going to like this. He's just not going to like it. But I'm going. James Cook is my boom of the week. The guy has been electric in half-point PPR the past five games, 11, 17, 13, then after the bye week, 22 and 35. They're feeding him the rock in an astronomical way. Um, Like, he had 25 rushing attempts for 179 yards for his Dallas. And I get it was a game that they were winning. Um, He's currently running back five in half-point PPR and running back seven in full-point PPR. And he gets a really juicy matchup this week versus the Chargers, who just suck. Uh, Zamir White just balled out against them. Their defense is just not very good. And with his involvement in that offense, I think he goes off again. No, I'm totally with it here. I definitely was a James Cook hater earlier in the season, but he has been balling out, like you said. I mean, they've been absolutely feeding him the rock. You got to chase this matchup here, too. And with the role that he's been getting, I mean, this could be an easy blowout game uh, for Buffalo where they just keep feeding James Cook, feed Latavius Murray. I love it, Max. Yeah. And then my bust of the week, and people are going to say, oh, Max, you're not really picking that hard bust. It, it's, it's, I'm going to the same team here, and I'm going with Dalton Kincaid. Um, he's looked terrible ever since Dawson Knox has come back. He played half the, half the snaps last week. Um, he looked really good when Dawson Knox was out. He was getting a lot of targets. But ever since then, like, this is a really good matchup for him, honestly. I think, like, in one league I play, and I'm between Isaiah Likely and Dalton Kincaid. And Likely plays the San Francisco 49ers, yet I'm still going to go with them. I just don't think on Christmas, Adam, that I could start Dalton Kincaid and have him lay a, bu- a bust egg. Um, it just would it'd be a, a bum in my stocking. So Max, for for all the fans out there that don't know what Christmas Adam is, can you explain? Yeah, Adam before Eve, which therefore means the twenty third before the twenty fourth, which means Christmas Adam's the twenty third. But there you go. I don't know, Max man. Max's logic. I just don't like. I think Dawson, not Dawson, Dalton Kincaid, when he had that stretch of just balling out those four or five weeks there, everyone's like, wow, this guy's probably like a top three tight end. In Dynasty, I think he's a solid option, but I, I don't think he's that good when there's still Kyle Pitts and or not Kyle Pitts when there's still Dawson Knox. Yeah, no, no, Max, we're we're both completely with you. Uh, we'll move on to mine now. Guy I love this week at Tampa Bay. Tampa Bay has kind of been fool's gold against the wide receivers. Everyone still thinks that defense is elite. It's not. 
I think Trevor Lawrence bounce back game. Jags right the ship. Calvin Ridley for a boom. It, wow. It's time. It's time. It's time. And I know you're not going to want to put him in your roster. I know he's burned you too many times. I'm not saying as your wide receiver one. I'm not even saying as your wide receiver two. I think he has flex potential anywhere between 14 to 20 points. I, I honestly, honestly do believe that. His floor is low, but I think they write the ship. They realize when they were throwing the ball to him, the offense actually looked really good. I love, love, love Calvin Ridley bounce back right now, especially in fantasy semifinals. As they say, put your NUTS on the table and start your studs. Yeah, man, that's interesting. I, you know, like you said, Tampa Bay has been that cake matchup where wide receivers have kind of popped off against them. But like you said, too, it's that that one Ridley, like you have him on the bench when he goes crazy. But then whenever you need to start him, you know, he, he loves to go for those four pointers. Like he's said, the king of catching the ball out of bounds. For sure, man. And like like you said, you got to let him hang out if you don't really have better options. Got to go with the ceiling play. He faced one other super easy matchup in Tennessee in week 11, and he cooked them for 31. So I could totally see him going for a new here, PJ. Yeah, I love this play. Love it. If I had him, I'd be I'd be starting him this week. It's bold, Pete. I, I think it's bold, but I, I respect the boldness, and I think the matchup and logic makes sense. All right, we'll flip it around. My bust, it's a rough one. If you have any Washington commanders receiver, pull him out of your lineup. Terry McLaurin, I don't care if he's your wide receiver too. I don't care if he's your flex. I'd rather start a backup running back than any Washington commanders wide receiver this week. I think I think Latavius Murray is a better play. I think Latavius Murray, as the Bills backup running back, will score more points than the, any wide receiver on Washington this week. You love saying this. I, I think you're a Jets fan is what I think you are. I just know when the Jets play, one half of the field gets completely shut off by Sauce Gardner. They don't throw that way. So it's going to force Sam Howell and this unskilled wide receiver core to produce at an elite level during the fantasy playoffs. I just don't think you're going to get that. I'd rather start Boston Scott than any commander. Call me crazy. No, I mean, I don't I don't think you're crazy. I think Jalen Waddle just went for 150 yards in the touchdown versus I mean, it's it's Sam Howell compared to Tua Tagovailoa. It's Jalen Waddle versus Terry McLaurin. I mean, the only way these guys succeed is if they score a touchdown, and they're gonna score just a matter of who. In a must win, can't you cannot lose this game? Game you cannot play anybody against the Jets. Any receiver, tight ends, running backs, different story. Receivers are just historically bad against the Jets. Jonathan Mingo or Terry McLaurin. That's rough. That's so hard. Can I say neither and you pick up Boston Scott off waivers? That's what you do. All right. Let's keep moving forward. Super producer, you're boom and bust, and we'll send everyone on their merry way. I'm going to start off with my boom here, and obviously contingent on if he plays. All reports are looking like he is likely to play, but Isaiah Pacheco versus the Las Vegas Raiders. He smashed the Raiders in their last matchup with 23 points in half PPR. I think it's interesting because Mahomes is looking like a human being. 
And that was starting to lead to a Pacheco-led offense before Pacheco got injured a few weeks ago. He was averaging 20-plus touches in the three weeks before his injury. And Las Vegas gives up the 10th highest points per game to running backs. And I really do think it could be a great spot for Pacheco at home in Arrowhead. Um, I think this game is going to be similar to their first matchup where Kansas City just dominates and Pacheco can just eat away yards and has obvious uh, touchdown potential here. So I really think he's in a, a good spot here. Do you think this is transitive if Pacheco doesn't play for the other running backs? I mean, obviously it shows last week. I mean, both of them kind of had streaming potential with CEH and um, McKinnon there. So I think so. I mean, I think if you're in true desperation that you could play CEH or McKinnon and get some type of points rather than starting like a third string wide receiver kind of thing. Um, but I, I do think Pacheco does play. If Pacheco plays and he practices this week and the shoulder looks good, then yeah, this is a home run pick. And I mean, that you want to talk about angry runs, that guy runs angry. I mean, he's insane. So I like the pick here, Mr. C. I think that it's a game that Kansas City is just going to show up for. They looked okay versus New England. It was New England. Um, but they people forget the Raiders have a pretty good pass defense. So, And then for my bus pick here, I'm going to go with one of my guys, Brandon Ayuk versus Baltimore. Ooh, Baltimore Shady. has been a tough matchup all year, allowing the seventh lowest points per game to wide receivers. You know, I really had high hopes because this stretch in the schedule was supposed to be the takeoff point for Ayuk. After his new game in Tampa Bay, he had like three super easy matchups. This is really the only hard one. And then he's got uh, another easy one for the championship week. But it wasn't his takeoff. I mean, you know, he's kind of been mid the past handful of weeks here against really easy matchups. But it's been Debo Samuel just He's just been getting yeah. all the high-value touches. He's been reaping all the rewards after a slow middle of the season. I don't know, man. I expect Ayuk to be involved for sure, but I think it's going to be more of a grinder game than kind of a back-and-forth shootout, and it's on Monday night. Um, I have some pivot options in leagues where I'm in the playoffs that I'm looking for over Ayuk. Guys like Rasheed Rice comes to mind uh, in our redraft league here, but... I don't know, man. I It would be hard for me to start Ayuk with confidence this week, I feel like. It's tough, man. I mean, just looking at a season, like everyone, like, yeah, oh, Max, Ayuk's wide receiver 13 and half point PPR. Um, but we do have to remember, Debo's been out for some time. Kittle missed some time. And Purdy's playing at an MVP level. So, I mean. No, he's not. Oh, my God. We can have this discourse probably next week when the odds are basically almost guaranteed. But I, ju I just I can't imagine a world where he's MVP, but continue. He probably will, but it just like to me, Ayuk, I like him more than Christian Watson, but it's a tough matchup, man. I mean, he just doesn't get the volume, really. He doesn't – in that offense, no one really does except for Christian McCaffrey. Outside of McCaffrey. Like, it's just – Purdy spreads that ball around. Kittle will get his. Purdy will get his rushing even. Uh, McCaffrey, you just can't trust Ayuk, especially this matchup versus Baltimore. And I think this is one of those games where – Everyone's hyping it up. I think it's probably like a 17 to 20 type game with like two scores. All right. Anything from you, Mr. C, before we wrap up? Yeah, I do have one thing. Um, just going to say this is not really like fantasy stuff, but obviously with the holidays coming here, PJ said it a handful of times on the podcast, but, you know, just 
reach out to family members, tell people you love them, all your friends, reach out to them. Friends maybe you haven't talked to in a little bit, but it's it's definitely important this time of year. Uh, you know, holidays coming around, New Year coming around as well. Just to stay in touch with people, I feel like it is important, you know, once we get into the doldrums of the winter time. So that's kind of my piece there. I like it. Good luck to all. You've made it this far. Trust your gut, but if you need Good help. Good luck to here, all except Peter. That's what you, oh, you Pete, to Pete, say. I, I, I wish you luck. I, I do. I, I've never seen it from you in five years. The trend continues to not prove me wrong, just like the Sixers in the second round. It's a trend as old as time, Pete. And uh, like I said on the podcast last week, you're probably more like the Chargers or the Vikings to me. I just don't think you're an elite team. Merry Christmas to all. And that all includes you, Max. Merry Christmas to all. We do truly mean it. Appreciate you all. It's been an awesome three-season ride so far. We're really excited for this offseason. The rookie draft is going to be nuts. There's not a lot of great running backs, so stay tuned. This offseason, there's going to be so much discourse about receiver rankings, quarterback rankings even. I'm actually – this is the most excited I've been for an offseason in a long time. So, again, keep on following us on Twitter, at Dynasty Monarchy over there. And again, Merry Christmas to all and to all a good night. See you next week for the Fantasy Championship episode of the Dynasty Monarchy Podcast. Thank you for listening to the Dynasty Monarchy Podcast. Fancy some fantasy advice? Tweet or DM at Dynasty Monarchy on Twitter. Until next time, farewell, my fellow kings and queens.